Shopping trolleys, they're never going in the right bloody direction. Oh, forever. Right, where's my shopping list? Right, right. Fairly. Which aisle is fairly? Fairly liquid is in aisle three. Where's Simon? I sent Simon off the. Where is he? I've got the Pete Freens family assorted. That's great, but I actually sent him some nuts. What? Nuts. You were supposed to get some nuts. It's on the list. Look, here, the list. Well, you know what they say, you should never shop hungry. You should never shop hungry. Is that why you got the three pizzas? Yeah. Put them in the basket. Let's keep going. What's next on the list? Right. Uh, nuts, still. And yet, table jellies we need. Table jellies? Yeah. What on earth are table jellies? I don't know. You've written it down. So I have. Damn. <laughs> Damn these recipes. Uh, it's it's It goes with the duck? Duck? Fair what? enough. Duck. Anyway. Why? What? No, 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 no. What's duck. What? Quack, quack. Not. Oh. Get off the floor. Sorry, sorry. Right. Misunderstood. Yeah, anyway. Um, I think, were you looking for fairy liquid? Um, I saw Mr. Farmer earlier on, he was around the corner. Um, he, was, he was in the fairy liquid aisle. Yes, he would be. Yeah. I've always had my suspicions of Mr. Farmer. He did ask me to come up to town. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Oh. Well, I, okay. You know? He was talking about the fire escape trade or something. Odd look. Anyway, moving swiftly on, mm. we're here, we're shopping. Yeah. What a brilliant time to discuss Genesis. Now, I know, it's usually you who starts this conversation, yeah. but as we're here, mm. as we're shopping, yeah. and the next album is... Selling England by the Pound. I thought this would be a great time to do it while we're shopping. All right, well, it's kind of multitasking, I suppose. Kill two birds with one stone. And we've been saying we can't multitask. <laughs> Idiots. Oof. Tripped on the floor. <laughs> right. Okay. So, anyway, nuts and selling England. Selling England by the pound. Right. This was their uh, fifth album? It was. So, this was their fifth album, came after Foxtrot. Uh, quite an extensive tour for Foxtrot. They didn't do the usual uh, method of writing songs and then recording. What they did this time around was they jammed a lot in the rehearsal studio. So, a lot of the songs from this album came from just jams. Jams. Mm. Tomato ketchup. Jams. No, tomato ketchup. Pass me the tomato ketchup. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, there you go. Thank you. So, they, they did a lot of jamming because they were touring so extensively. Same producers last time, which was John Burns. I thought they didn't get on well with Burns. Well, they didn't. Um, Tony Banks especially didn't like it, but they did use John Burns for this album and the next album as well. Oh, now they just, as you said, completed a massive North American tour at this point. Um, Their first American tour. Well, it's first full American tour. Exactly. Um, they spent, I think, three months in America touring. 
into little places right down to Texas, right, mostly around New York, but they travelled up and down the coast. So the concert promoter they had was selling them to the venues by saying that they were really big underground, so that even though you might not have heard of them, but kids are down with Genesis, they've heard of them. And so they were getting much bigger venues than they were used to, but then they were also filling them. Oh. And it was an unusual sort of audience for America in that they were sitting and listening to the music. Which must have been unusual for the Americans, who mm. we know from live recordings just go absolutely nuts, so much so that you can barely hear the band. Yeah. So I can never understand why they bother going sequences no. over there, because they, they just don't listen. No. And they were supporting bands like um, Black, Oak, Black Oak Arkansas, who were... Oh, awesome band. Proper southern boogie rock. Band. Never heard of them, man. A uh, bit like Leonard Skinner. Um, a lot of bands out there. Yeah, um, but they were completely, you know, they had a lead singer who was macho, bare chested, Robert Plant style. Remember Peter Gabriel singer. must have got like a house on fire. Well, apparently they did get on really well, the band. Really? Um, they, yeah, they, apparently the lead singer really liked it. He'd stay around. And, uh, there was a couple of instances where the lead singer would be sitting watching the band. With the, with the sound guys. Well, I assume Gabriel wasn't coming out in the dress at this point, because I can't imagine that they'd gone down there. Um, probably not the dress, but he was using the costumes. Okay. So, yeah. So they, they, they were touring at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, as I understand it, the British press were accusing him at this point of pandering more to the Americans. Yes. That's why the lyrics on this album are specifically more English-based. Yeah, Peter Gabriel was very, very clear that he was um, writing an an exploration of Englishness with these lyrics. So this whole album is about Englishness. This is a very English album. It's very English themes of sort of sometimes. It is. I mean, and Mike Rutherford says that he thinks this is their best type for an album. Which obviously was a famous phrase at the time, accusing, I think it was the Labour politicians accusing the Tories of pandering to Europe, and they used that phrase, selling England out. But this album reached uh, number three in the UK charts? It did, it and did. number 70 in the American charts? Yeah, chart. the highest charting album so far. So that was pretty good. Yes. It also gave them, was it the, the first top 30 hit yeah. single? Yeah, I know, I like it at number 14. Now before they released this album, they did release an interim album, which was Genesis Live. Mm. Um, which we will cover um, but that gave them the breathing room then to do the tour and to write it but that was also sold at a budget price wasn't it it was, it was a, I don't know the exact price but I remember buying it for three ninety nine. Yeah, on vinyl so. apparently the reason for the budget price was because Genesis had to cancel a big Wembley game Yes, because that's right. they couldn't get tickets printed in time. Yeah, it's compensation so, to the fans yeah, for that. Which was nice of them. It was, yeah. Uh, that gig would have been better. Yes. But how could you not print tickets on time? Well, that's logistical, isn't it? I mean, nowadays you just fire your agent. Exactly. Yeah. You fire your agent and then you fire up a bunch of PCs and print your own <laughs> get printing them. <laughs> yeah. This is the first album they used where they used a synthesizer rather than a Mellotron or a Hamlet. Really? Yeah, I didn't it's, notice. Yeah, it's synthesizer. It's used on several tracks. Yeah. Um, Tony Banks had got that and started experimenting with it. It's the first time we'd actually used it on now. Steve Hackett, funnily enough, didn't write a lot of the songs on this album. Unlike Boxtrot, where we obviously had Horizons, yeah. and he had a lot of contributions to the writing of the songs, he didn't contribute a lot to this album other than he wrote a lot of guitar riffs and said, what about this? What about this? And they used all, almost everything that he wrote, but he didn't write any actual interviews on it. Uh, anyway, well, can we wander over to the fish camp? It's a fish. 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 Well, not so, not really fish. type fish, actual fish. <laughs> so we'll just wander over that way. While we're going over that way, while they were doing this, there was a, there was a thought that Phil Collins might be leading the band, wasn't there? Because he'd started playing with a pickup band. 
Yeah. Um, with one of Yes's guitarist, Peter Banks. Yes, that's um, right. The rest of the band were thinking he was going to dash off and leave for direction and leave them. They were quite scared of him leaving. Yeah, because he'd only just joined and he's already brought so much to the group, mm. um, percussion wise and also you know, writing and vocal wise. Arguably, he was what kept the group together at this point. Because obviously you've got the, the old chart house guys and then Phil and Steve and the chart house guys just argue all the time because they knew each other so well and they were similar personalities and the old mates exactly. Um, and it was kind of Phil and Steve that coming in that changed the dynamic. Well, guys, yeah, exactly. calm down, sort of thing. And Phil's often said that they'd be there playing and then all of a sudden somebody would throw down their instrument and storm out and Phil would be. Towards that friend. Yeah, so he was the one that diffused a lot of the situations. Wow. But this album, it, I think it's iconically one of their best albums. I know this isn't one of your favourite albums. It's not, no. I, I find it funny. It's a strange album for me because I love all the tracks on it. Without fail, I love all the tracks. Some of them I like love less, but I do like I think all the tracks are really strong. But the album as a whole, I don't think, is a strong album. It's, it's weird, because Foxtrot, for example, that's got tracks on there which are weaker than others and better than others. But the album as a whole is a masterpiece. Whereas this, I think all the tracks are strong, but it's not a masterpiece of the album. It's kind of weird. Yeah, very weird. Yeah. I, I love this album. I think it's a great album. Mm. It's, um, it's one of those I can sit down and listen to without mm. sort of skipping tracks. Because, yeah. you know, there, as you say, there isn't a bad track on this album. They're yeah. all very good tracks. Musically, it, it's, it's a very good album. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, I don't dislike the album in any way, and it is a str- I can recognise that it is a strong album, it's just not one of my favourite albums, mm-hmm. although it has some great songs on it. Yeah, and it, it does have, as you say, some, some really classic songs, mm-hmm. um, some that would make it into anybody's uh, top ten. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I think if you were going to make a, a compilation of the playlist with the best of Genesis, you'd be hard-pressed to pick a track from this album because they're all so good. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I wouldn't put this in my top five Genesis album. Really? That's mm. quite surprising. Because it, it, it would be one of, I think, possibly in my top mm. First or second? Yeah. Maybe third. No, second. Yeah. No, third. It would be in my top ten for definite, but it wouldn't be in my top five. Maybe fourth. No. <laughs> third. I'm going through it. Final answer. Crackers. Sorry. Yes. What? We need some crackers. Right. Crackers. There we go. Yeah. Right, so, uh, what do we do in the cracker? Oh, we're going for fish. Fish. Damn. I keep forgetting the fish. <laughs> we did that last week. We did. You we can't some... have a fish sandwich without fish, yeah. as we t- found last week. No. We That's just called bread and butter. That fish paste. Fish paste. Mm. Yeah. We're not doing that again. No. Mm. Bad day from the Yeah. Anyway, moving along. So, where are we? We're in the supermarket. Thank God for that. God, I keep losing track of time, you know. <laughs> I wonder what all these people were doing in my living room. <laughs> right, okay, so, great album. Good album, good cover. Good cover. I mean, it's the, probably their first great cover. Yeah, it's certainly a departure from what they had previously. Mm. I mean, and it wasn't even commissioned specifically for them. Was it uh, not? Peter Gabriel saw it. It's by an English artist called Betty Swanick who does lots of art in this style. Mm-hmm. And Peter Gabriel went to an exhibition of her work and he saw that piece and loved it so much he wrote the lyrics to I Know What I Like based on that album cover. He asked her if she would do a specific artwork for the album um, but she didn't have time. So they then said, well, can you just modify the, the piece of art you've already done? And so she's included the lawnmower on oh, there. Yes. Um, and they used that. So 
But it does look very sort of British summertime garden party esque. It, it? it does. It does. It is very, very English looking cover. I mean, mm. you couldn't mistake that for France or Belgium or somewhere yeah. else. No, definitely not. It, it sums up the whole English feel of the album, I think. Mm. and it, it's their most fitting cover to date. It fits. In fact, I'd probably say it's that it fits the album better than any other album cover they've done before. Surprisingly, considering after. it wasn't specific. For exactly, because yeah. you look at the other album covers, and whether you like them or not, they don't represent the album. No, no. Um, the only not one the style of music. No, um, this this does say kind of the theme of the album exactly I mean the only one that, that kind of almost fits was the We Can't Dance album cover but that was commissioned when the album was going to be called Father and Son right so that fits that album cover because it's obviously it's called Father and Son mm-hmm. but then they changed the album at the time We Can't Dance sounds better Father and Son doesn't sound very Genesis mm, well we'll discuss that when we get to that album yeah sure. but, but that this really fits the album I think and it's not my favourite album cover because I'm not so keen on that art style, but it is my favourite Genesis album cover up to this point because it fits so well with the music. Hmm. Shall we discuss the music? Yes, while we look for the fish aisle, shall we listen to Dancing with the Moon at Night? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, cool. Young man says you are what you eat well. Old man says you are what you wear well, well. You know what you are, you don't give a damn. Bursting your belt, that is your homemade chef. The captain leaves. Dancing with the Moonlit Night. Yes, it was. Did you enjoy Dancing I with the Moonlit Night? I loved it. It was a, probably, again, another great opener for the band. It was. You know what it reminded me? It was like Looking for Someone Part 2. Same opening style. Yep. Just Peter Gabriel's vocals over very nothing. minimal yeah. music or nothing. Definitely. Mm. Very, very similar. But uh, as I say, again, a great opening track. They've been doing this for all the previous albums They've so far. They've not had a bad opening track, no. really, have they? No, they, they, they like coming in strong. Mm. And this, this is definitely a strong track. Yeah, I like the folky style to that opening style as well. But it's not folky. No, no. I know what you're saying, but the, the, lyric, the lyrics are kind of what you would expect from a folk well, you, you can imagine a big bearded man with his finger in his ear, and you tell me where am I, like that. 
Jethro Tull. Yeah, like Jethro Tull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. But then the rest of the music's not like that at all. It's not at all. That's what I say. It, you can understand what you mean by the folky aspect mm. of it, by the lyrics, but the music does not back that up. Yeah. They've gone way past their, their it folk it has. music time. It's, it's kind of, it's almost they are putting that era to rest because they don't really do that again from now for the rest of this album there's no folky bits on it no and then the next album there's no folky bits and then that's it so perhaps they're putting that side of them to rest with that little bit but I dare anybody not to join in with the vocals at the start of this song oh yeah everybody does it is in the shower in the car mm-hmm. in Tesco's as it happens yeah. but you know as soon as you start hearing that you just join in you can't help yourself yeah. it's such a great and simple introduction to the song it is but it grabs you nuts Right, we've got nuts already. Have we? Oh, you weren't referring to buying nuts, right? Uh, I, you see shorts. <laughs> I think I, I've got to get some new shorts. I think the zip's gone. Mm. So, but yeah, they don't think though. The lyrics of this song are really, really pun-filled. There's loads of puns on this whole album. Actually, there's loads. It's of puns. very punlicious. Yes, yeah, like Knights of the Green Shield, Stamp and Shell. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. All that, all that sort of stuff. I, I really appeals to me. Now, as I re- as I remember from reading about this twenty minutes ago, mm-hmm. this whole thing was put together from some piano pieces that Peter Gabriel had. Yes, so yeah. It's, it's sort of an ensemble of various ideas he had. It is. It's another selection. And interestingly enough, the original format of this song was that it would go straight from this straight into the cinema show, and so that would be all one long song. Which you can understand because at the end of cinema show, it comes back into this music yeah and that was the idea but they they decided not to do that because they didn't want to do another supper's ready mm. so they split it into two actually three tracks because the, the very end the Isle of Plenty was part of it as well. and so that, that is that the Isle of Plenty is where you start hearing the, the, this yeah. themed music almost like at the end of a movie where you get the best of the movie from this yeah. film yeah you start getting this reprieve of yeah. this this musical yeah so it's the it's the the, the end credits mm. <laughs> almost say this was put together from uh, Peter Gabriel uh, various wibblings a bit like you know it's an ensemble a bit like Supper's Ready yeah. but not shite Ooh. I know and I, I still I've listened to it again since and I still don't get what you say I don't understand dear sir <laughs> this is not the BBC you cannot write in um, <laughs> you, yes you can oh yeah if anybody out there wants to, uh, wants to get in touch and let us know what you think about this or as we're doing these albums in sequence mm-hmm. if you want to give us some thoughts on the next albums we'd be happy to include anything you might say yeah however apocryphal that reminds me yes beer we need beer oh yeah 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 um so, yes, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, give us your thoughts, because um, we have very little of our own, mm-hmm. uh, please feel free to drop us a line. Uh, we will tell you how to get in touch with us at the end of this podcast. Yes. Um, but this track, again, very English lyrics. It is. It, uh, you know, this is some of my favourite lyrics Genesis ever produced on this song. In fact, on this this album... I think this is why I this, like this album the yeah. most. It's not it's just its Englishness. It's because it... Yeah, it probably is just its Englishness. Mm. Every Englishman, no matter what background you're from, mm. there's a part of you that wants to be in the garden party. That's why we like barbecuing, even in crappy weather. We yeah. still barbecue because we've got this traditional Englishness in us that mm. says we should be going to garden parties. <laughs> I guess. Don't guess. <laughs> just, I'm talking. Agree with me. Okay. Good. 
know your place, man. <laughs> so that's I think that's why this this album he, appeals to me. It's got it's got that sort of Britishness about it, but it's the kind of Britishness that we aspire to mm. rather than actual Britishness. As opposed to something such as Marillion's Garden Party, yes, which was about a specific type of Englishness, yes, but they weren't aspiring to be that. No. They were taking the Mickey out. They of that. were. Whereas here, this is a celebration of English culture and English things. And at the same time, there's that humour that is very English, the pun. Yes. Which is a very English style of humour. And they're, they're using that throughout this album. And, yeah. But specifically in this song and in Isle of Plenty, they're using that to, to great effect, I think. I think some of the best things. Yeah, yeah. But as we said again, great opening. Yeah. Great opening track. Good single track. It is. Which is what Genesis is starting to do. They're starting to develop... A series, a musical style mm. where you get a good chorus, mm-hmm. good lyrics, and the sort of song you can hum and listen to. Unlike yeah. some of their previous albums, there were whole tracks which you would listen to and you couldn't remember it afterwards because mm. it was so complicated. Yeah. There was no point that you could join in or listen or you know hum along to. Yeah, I mean this this track in particular has a lot of cakey changes. But for anybody who wants to know what cakey changes are, please listen to our earlier podcast. Should you wish. But they don't rush to get to them. They tend they they they're more indulging themselves on this track. They're, they're doing it slower. They're building slowly to those climaxes and building to the different pieces rather than just dropping them straight in and bam, and it's there. And then next piece, bam, it's there. So it doesn't come across. I know you you don't like supper's ready, as we've already mentioned. And one of the things you didn't like about it was that the changes were too abrupt. And in this, this flows a lot better. Um, you know, it starts off with this really heartfelt, folky intro, but then it's got the, the whole sort of the dance sequence, you know, yep. um, in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's really frenetic and gives you the, the idea, you know, in your images in your head are of a dance. Yeah. And yep. then it slows down again. In fact, the, the only real issue I've got with the track is the fact that it just kind of peters out and fades away into nothing. It does. But when you bear in mind that it was supposed to go into the cinema show, yeah. that makes sense. It does. Speaking of building to a climax, mm. you've got to stop by the pizza place. I've already got pizzas. Yes, but these are handmade. Handmade? Delicate. Not the, the crap you buy, the pre-frozen stuff. This is, this is good, traditional pizza, handmade by possibly Italian types. What's wrong with Tesco's Basics Factor of Formaggio? I think you just said it when you said basic. Yeah. Thanks, Fred Pizza. Ooh, lovely. So, shall we go into the next track? The next track, yeah, um, I know what I like. So do I. Handmade pizza. Yeah, okay. Oh, ah, ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Ah, okay, so, I know what I like. In your wardrobe. You better not do anything in my wardrobe. Mm. Yeah.
beats down and I lie on the bench. I can always hear them talk. Me? I'm just a lawnmower. You can tell me by the way I walk. It's the suit. I'm not wearing a suit. No, that's what I like in your wardrobe. It's a suit, that nice suit you've got. Stay out of my wardrobe. That shiny one, that, like, the one that Ben Elton used to wear. That is the one Ben Elton used to wear. What? Uh, do you... I stole it from Ben Elton. You stole Ben Elton's suit? I did. Well, yeah. I wasn't using it anymore. No, I, I like it. I look good. Yeah. Disco time. Yeah, it suits you. Thank you. So, that was, I know what I like. In your wardrobe. In your wardrobe, how <laughs> That's what the song's called, I know what I like. In your wardrobe. Fair enough. Okay, right, yeah. So, I know what I like, as you say. In your wardrobe. Yes. What a great track. Uh, yeah, it's a good track. Good song, yeah. 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 It's a good song. Yeah. I you w- can I- understand why they, they did this as a single. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a great track. Oh, it's a good single. But it's a good song. You can sing along to it's this. It's a good song. I wouldn't... La, la, yeah. la, la. Only in tune. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. La, la, la. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like that. No, it's a good song. I like it. And it made a good single. It did. Because, um, like you say, it is a good sing-along song. You it properly in the charts, you can hear it. And it worked. It got to number 14. Mm. Great use of the talking drum there mm. in percussion, which yes. um, uh, was bought in Nigeria, I believe, by Mr. Burns. Yeah, he brought it in, Peter Gabriel loved it. Yeah, and it works wonderfully yeah, on this track. It's a great track. In fact, the first time I heard it, I thought it was a synthesised yeah. drum. Yeah. Because it's got that sort of sound, but yeah. it's not, it's an actual talking drum. I mean, also, you know, it started Peter Gabriel's lifelong passion for world music. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, formed a lot of his later career. It did, certainly, yeah. you know, early 2000s late 90s that yeah. sort of thing it's all world music yeah, isn't it, isn't yeah. It? exactly it's quite tiny mm. um, but yeah I, I, I do like this song I think it's great um, the guitar sound was something that Steve Hackett brought to the group during Foxtrot sessions yeah. that they didn't like they said really? it sounded too much like George Harrison and the Beatles so he just kept playing it live and jamming with it and they, they jammed <laughs> until with until they it came round to until it. they got used yeah. to it and they decided to use it in this song but I, you know it's one wow, of the most sort of pushing your ideas yeah, exactly. Hey guys, while we're on stage, I'm going to play this. Oh, don't play that. Well, there's, there's a lot of that on this song. We already talked about Dancing with the Moon at Night being a Peter Gabriel noodle. Yeah. And the next track after this, Firth of Fifth, was also has its history with the Foxtrot sessions as well. So there's a lot of that on this album. Perhaps that came because they didn't have time yeah. to write songs before they went into the studio. So they were more um, receptive to using older ideas. Yeah. And yeah. Steve Hackett said that, um, especially during the recording of The Lamb, the other members of the band, to- Tony Mike specifically, kept playing pieces of music and he'd say that's really good are we going to use that and they'd say to him no we can't use that we've already used it on a, a different song so he'd say okay did you record that song and they'd say no uh, oh, hold on a minute uh, yeah can I have uh, uh, eight slices of Hayslip please no Hayslip yeah I meant Hayslip I like Hayslip corned beef perfect. shut up about corned beef we're not having corned beef corned beef's great not hash corned beef hash that Glad you cleared that up. Just just put the hazelnut in the bag and stop arguing. Thank you. Oh, you're so rude. I know, but God, what's wrong with like? Anyway, yes, so, where were we? Um, you don't know, do you? Pay attention, man. Guitars. Thank you. Yes, guitar work by yeah. Hackett. So, Steve Hackett, so, and, so they eat, say, have they, have they used that? Have you recorded that song? They say no. So they say, well, let's use it on this then. So they did. So and it works. It works. It's a, great, it it's a great track. It's good. It's a good track. It's a great track. You're not listening to me again. It's a great track. 
but it is a fun track. I it, is a, it is a I fun track. It's a nice, it. lively track. Yeah. Um, which, you know, considering some of their previous albums would have started off with a good, strong opener, mm. it sort of tailed off a bit after that. Yeah. This doesn't tail off. It doesn't feel like a tailing off, does yeah. it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, you can see why this, this was a single, and you can see why it having been a single pushed this album higher in the charts. Yeah, yeah. But do you think people were getting what they were expecting from no, that? No, I don't think at all. I think people were probably expecting a... Um, or a light poppy album, maybe. Yeah, almost an early David Bowie or Mott the Hoop or With you, style yeah, yeah. of pop rock record. And they were getting, can you tell me where am I? <laughs> <laughs> Not <know>. quite. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. But I, I imagine they were some of the people who bought this album based on this single were a bit taken aback by it. Mm, yeah. But still, screw those guys. Screw those guys, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, got a reference in there to one of the pre-Genesis groups, yes. the Garden Wall. Oh right, that was yeah. the one that I believe Mike Rutherford and uh, Richard McPhail, who was their uh, road manager, right. were, were in before, oh. um, and Aunt Phillips. So, a factoid there. Mm, there you go. Whether it's actually a reference or not isn't matter, but it sounds like it might be. But we think it is, so it's a factoid now. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Do you think this song is about somebody who mows lawns or somebody who is a lawn mower? See, I always thought it was referring to people who hang around on lawns. Mm-hmm. People who spend their life wandering around on lawns and coming to parties. Like zombies? Mm-hmm. No, not actual brain-eating zombies, no. but yeah, I get what you're saying. No, people who attend a lot of functions yeah. in gardens, so they're lawnmowers because mm. they spend their entire time apparently getting from one party to another. I, I kind of got that vibe from it. Whether I'm, that's right or not, I don't know. I'd never got that impression from it, but now, now you've mentioned it. So you're saying I'm wrong? Uh, now you've mentioned it. I'm not going to fight. I can kind of see what you mean. Yes, that's a good point. I'd never considered that before. Almost, again, mentioned Garden Party earlier on by Marillion. Mm-hmm. Almost that sort of thing. This is a guy who just gate crashes parties and steals the free food and drink, I guess. Could, could be. Like as last Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the police. Yeah. I hate. I hate it when they turn up. Ruin a perfectly good day. I know. I mean, it's like if you can't turn up and gate crash a funeral, what can you turn up and gate crash? <laughs> People are so funny these days. I know. And the looks we got. I know. God. And there's always loads of food left over. Always. Some people. Yeah. Makes me sick. And the next track is Firth of Fifth. Thank you. 
Bird's eye or Finder's fish fingers? Can we have crispy pancakes? Bugger. Right, crispy pancakes, next hour over. So, anyway, that was... Thirty fifth. What do you think? I really like the track. I love this track. It's a great track. Yeah, another good, good track. track. Again, written by Banks. Wasn't yeah, it? Tony Banks. He wrote it and presented it to the band for Foxtrot, but they didn't like it. So, so again, he, this is another leftover yeah. from the last album. He went away and reworked it and brought it back. And either they liked it or they, yeah, we need another track. We'll have it and use it. Anyway. This album is again. I mean, we've talked previously about how the band is progressing and progressing mm. and progressing. Yeah. This doesn't sound anything like Foxtrot. No, it doesn't. So you. It, it would be hard to imagine this on Fox. Mm. It, well, it, it, it does seem maybe they reworked it so that it fits more with their new musical style. Potentially, yeah. It but, might have uh, sounded very different. We don't. We just don't know what it sounded like. Yeah. You I mean there isn't a copy of it on the uh, <laughs> the, the archives? Thank you. Very no, much. there isn't. No. I doubt they recorded those demos. To be honest. But yeah, but I really like it. I mean, that keyboard intro is just so good. It is very um, good. And the band didn't like that. Really? But Tony insisted and they kept it on. They, they no, they didn't like it because it was a solo and they didn't like solos that were unaccompanied. You know, just not part of the music. But then they take that great piece of music and then Steve Hackett plays the guitar the same. You know, he plays his yeah. guitar solo the same as that, and it works so well. It does it's a great track, this? It is. I mean, lyrically as well. I, I really like the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, Tony Banks hates the lyrics of this. He says they're the weakest lyrics he ever wrote. Really? But I think they're really good. No, I think they're great. Yeah, they really fit the, the mood. It reminds me of 11th Earl of Mark. Yes, I know what you mean. In a similar theme of um, an army and, you know, approaching. I really like the lyrics. I don't know what he's on about. I think he's done a good job for that. Yeah, I think it's superb. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so again, it's another... It's, Starts off, as you say, musically, piano, very simple, yeah. but then builds up into this, this big, great sound that they're now, you know, performing really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're really co- they've really come together as an ensemble, and their music is just getting much more mm. um, progressively complicated. It is. I mean, this was an idea that Tony had to create a big King Crimson sound, um, so this is his homage to King Crimson. And you can kind of see where, where he's coming from with that, because mm. certainly with the, the things that King Crimson were doing around this time, um, Lark's Tongues in Aspic, um, they were doing this kind of music, yeah. big epic themes. And yeah, it really works. I really like this track. It's one of my favourites. They performed it live, and later on, Phil performed it as well. And when he got to that stage, they dropped the piano mm. introduction to the live version. That's a shame. Um, because Tony wasn't happy with the synthesised piano sound. Right, keyboard. for the more classic yeah. background piano. So he couldn't get it to sound right, so they just dropped it and it just went boom straight into the, the lyrics. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love this track. Yeah, it's a great track. It's highlight of the album, I think. Highlight of their career. Oh, I don't know about highlight of the career or album. It's a good track. Well, yeah, no, I think it's, it is one of the classic tracks, I think. It's, it's up there with Watcher of the Skies as, as one of the classics. In my opinion. Okay, well, we won't fight here in Tesco's. No. No, we've got not again. No, we'll do this later. Yeah. Right. So if we move on, do you want to move on to the next track, or have you got something more interesting to say about this track? I say more interesting. I mean, interesting. No. No. Because you haven't said anything interesting so far since I met you 15 years ago. In fact. Anything? No. Okay. So we'll move on to the next track, which is more for me. Yes, I know. But which is the next track? Stop sucking. Because you never 
Can we get some soup, please? No, you had soup five times this week. I want soup and a sandwich. You can't have a soup sandwich again. It's messy. No, soup and a sandwich. That's what I want. If you're good. Which isn't likely, the way this has been going. So, what were we just listening to? More for me. Yes, and what did you think? Um, Yeah, it's all right. Now, surprisingly, mm. this being a much slower track, mm. going from their previous album, I thought this would have been their second, the second track on the album. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, constantly they've had this big opener, then a nice quiet yeah. track, and then... But no, they've left this till, what, the fourth track? Yeah. I'm not a big fan. Mm. I mean, it's, 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 it's alright, it's listenable, but... It, it's Phil's first credited vocals on a Genesis album. It is, this um, is... A, but it's the second time he's actually done the vocals. Yeah, because he did Four Absent Friends. He which did. Which is very similar musically to this track as well. It is. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Four Absent Friends was written by Phil and Steve. This was written by Phil and Mike. Um, oh, really? Sat on the steps outside the studio. Bored. Uh, I think they turned up early, and so they just sat outside and played around and wrote this song. <sighs> Phil didn't want to sing it, so... Uh, sorry, Pete didn't want to sing it, so Phil sang it. Um, yeah, it's all right. Lyrically, it, Phil returns to these sort of themes... Mm-hmm. When he launches his solo career, the sort of heartfelt, full-on lyrics. Yeah, it's pleasant. It's nothing amazing. No, that's it. It's, it's, to play it's it pleasant. Like. It is pleasant. Yeah. But unfulfilling? Mm. Probably, yeah. I mean, like I say, Phil used to play it live. They used to, he used to come out from his behind his drum kit and stand and sing it. I mean, it's no handmade pizza, is it? <sighs> no, it's no Tesco Basics Quattro Formaggio. Mm. So, shall we go on to the next track? Yes. Yeah, and that is the Battle of Epping Forest. Ooh. Along the forest road, there's hundreds of cars, luxury cars. Each has got its load of convertible bars, cutlery cars, superless cars. But today is the day when they sort it out, sort it out, 'cause they disagree on a gangland boundary. Battle 
Right, we're at the soup aisle. What soup do you want? Oh, cheese and hot dog, please. <sighs> There's no such soup as cheese and hot dog. You're having tomato. Oh. Shut up. Can I at least have some tiger bread? No. What? You just have normal bread. But tiger bread is normal bread. It's just got a striped pattern on it. We eat hovis in this household, young man. Stop crying. I'll slap your legs. You've got your shorts on. No, not fair. Not fair. Anyway... This track was The Battle of Epping Forest. What did you think? Uh, it's great fun, isn't it? It's a brilliant roller coaster of a it song. Is. It just goes on and on and on and on. Based, I'm reliably informed, uh, reliably by you, so mm. not very reliably, yes. from a news item that Peter Gabriel overheard. That's right, he read a, an, an article about a big gang battle in Epping Forest uh, back in the days before the internet, though. He couldn't find any actual news reports. So he made it all up. So he then he went off and made it all up. And some of the characters in this are hilarious. Mm, but this is, again, going back to how Genesis have started being more th- theatrical. Yes. They're, they're, they're using uh, accents, they're using mm-hmm. funny voices, creating a whole sort of story. Yeah, it is. It's a big story. I mean, and it, it's one of the, it's another darkly funny Very funny. Track. As they bring in the, the, the different characters exactly. and you get they introduced to themselves and... You know, like uh, Liquid Face or... Liquid Len. Liquid Len. Liquid Len with his smashed bottle men. Yeah. Great <laughs> stuff. It's, it's all great to listen yeah. to. I mean, it's a, it's a good, fun track from start to finish. It is. It's very Monty Python as well. It's, it's, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's out of left field for them, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And the, the way that it, it, the characters interact, you know, you've got um, Harold Demure who runs up his tree and throws acorns at people. And then you've got the Reverend. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all very creative. It's all very in that style of Monty Python. You could imagine it as a big Monty Python sketch with all these weird characters fighting. You could if you filmed this as it's as it's mm. done in the song, it would look ludicrous. It would. And then you obviously get the barons at the end all toss a coin because no battle they, they don't come to a resolution. Mm. So they just toss a coin. That's the ultimate punchline. It's all for nothing. So this is a great track. It's wonderful to listen it to. And it's musically and li- musically it's fun. Yeah. Very, very sort of spry yeah. and moves along at a rapid pace. The, the lyrics follow it, they're, yeah. but they're so creative and funny. Yeah. It's just a joy to listen to. I mean, there's lots of interesting instruments on this as well. You know, you've got steel drums. Yes, there, yeah, they're all over the place. It's, it's, it's like a big wall of sound. Lots of cakey changes again. Yeah. Steel drums, lots of great, and like you said, the musical movements, they fit the ebb and flow of the story. So mm. we introduce the character and it slows down a little bit and then it carries it on. Here comes the cavalry and it starts again. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fun track. This. I, I, I can listen to it again and again and still not grasp. There's yeah. so much in there to listen there to. In fact, that's probably the one criticism. And, and the rest of the band thought it was far too busy. They put everything into all this music. And a lot of the musical sections they expected to be instrumental. And Peter Gabriel just came in with this flood of lyrics and pretty much sang over everything. Mm. 
so they were a bit disconcerted by the fact that it was it, it was so busy the dense sound to everything but they've thrown everything into it and they played it live yeah oh, really yeah wow that must have been, that must have been quite a, a thing to see live yeah surely because you, so. you know they, they don't get a break in this none <laughs> of them get a break it's, no. it's full on all the way through it is yeah like you say there's no slower bits apart from well, I suppose the reverend which yeah. is where it slows down a little bit, but then it immediately goes back into. But as you say, you know, lots and lots of different instruments mm. being used there. They must have been running around the stage phonetically changing the instruments. Yeah. Especially Phil Collins, Paul Phil Collins, jumping yeah. on different percussion and, uh, and uh, you know, like I say, steel drums. And you must have had one of those awesome drum kits, you know, the ones where it goes all the way 360 <laughs> around, so they spin around on their chair. Always impresses me. Well, I'm easily impressed with you drum are. kits. I mean, Phil did get the job because he knew how to use the drum stool in the first place. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, I, the right way. I do love this track. Yeah, it's a good, good, solid track. It is. It's it, in the vein of Get Em Out by Friday and Harold the Barrel. Yep. yep. And, and again, it's got that dark ending. It's humorous all the way through. At the end, they're all dead, and the barons toss a coin. So Seems there's no point well. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you cool. can't. You can't do humorous without having a dark ending. No. Such a dark, dark man. It is. So, what's the next track? Uh, well, fittingly, after the ordeal. Uh, yeah, oh wow, what a marvellous selection of fish. Simon, what fish do you want? Uh, some squid, please. What? What are we going to do with squid? Calamari. This is no time to start singing. Calamari for squid. Squid. Yeah. Squid fingers again. Yeah. Squid fingers again. Two squid, please. With the fingers. I know they're legs. Just, just, just the, the dangly bits. Give us the dangly bits. Not those dangly bits. <laughs> just the, the squiddy. Squids. Just put them in a bag. Thank you very much. So anyway, so that was after the ordeal. Wow, interesting track. Little little melodic sort of intro between the two. Sounds kind of like it would be the musical ending of a film. Mm. So you've got the Battle of Epping Forest, and now we've got this little musical calm. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah probably the credits music. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I quite like this. It's a nice little instrumental. This is a nice really little instrumental. Playing. Uh, Tony and Peter didn't like this track and didn't want it on the album. I can understand that because mm. it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. It's not it's not interesting enough to be interesting. No. You couldn't play this live for example no. as on its own because people would think yeah. is, is it ever? Yeah. Um, they, although you could play it as people were leaving the auditorium as the, the you could. outro music. You could the out it's a per- yes, that's yeah. it. It's an outro piece, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Which putting it two or three tracks from the end is a bit weird. Yeah. But then it does serve as a nice coda to Battle of the Beckham Forest, which Perhaps that's why they called it After the Ordeal. Mm. Perhaps he didn't have a title before It's a that. bit of a breather. It is, it is. Very nice playing from Steve. Happy yes, oh yeah, really lovely. good little guitar solo. Yeah, despite what we've said about this, I mean, the, the musically, it's very nice. Mm. It's very well put together. But short, musical, yeah. interlude. Yeah. Basically, that's what it is. It's an interlude. It's good. I like it, but... Yeah, what next? Uh, the Cinema Show...
can he fail Armed with his chocolate surprise Take a little trip back With Father Tiresias Listen to the old one speak Of all he has lived through I have crossed between the poles There's no mystery Once a man Like the sea I raged Once a woman Like the earth I gave But there is in fact More earth than Get the new Star Wars Blu ray. No, why? I want to watch Star Wars. I know you do. It's not my favorite one, though. No, but we're not here discussing Star Wars. No, we'll do that some other time. Yes, at the moment, we're discussing the cinema show. I really like it. I love this track. It's this... a great guitar intro. Oh, yes, it is. It just goes on and on, but it's a beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into this wonderful, wonderful track. It is. I mean, Romeo and Juliet for the modern age. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, a lot of puns. And, oh, yes, a lot of puns in this. Yeah. But split into two pieces, this particular track, because yes. the, the track that follows it is basically part two of this track. Isn't yeah, it? but it, there's a lot going on in this track, even without that. Mm. So, so, should we discuss this as both tracks? Nah. Fair enough. Like I said, this was originally designed to be part of a longer track with Dancing with the Moonlight Night. Um, I don't know whether the guitar intro would have been part of that or whether it had just gone straight into the home from work. But this is already the second longest track it is. on this album. It is. Battle of Epping Forest being the first. They're mm-hmm. both 11 minutes long. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it couldn't really get much longer without without them you know, straying into overly long territory. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure it would have worked quite as well if it had been part of a longer track. No, it, it sits beautifully by itself. Yeah, but again, it, it builds up nicely, like Dancing with the Moon at Night, they don't. They're not rushing to get to the big epic bit. They, they're, they're counting out they, time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are prepared to f- to let things breathe. Yeah. So they're prepared to let them be a bit longer. And so it builds up to this wonderful yeah. musical crescendo yeah. as it goes further on. There's some beautiful. I mean, you were just you know doing the keyboard yeah. bit on the on the trolley here. Yes. As we we're listening to it. Um, you just can't help yourself. You can't, no. It's a wonderful little, little track, and you just you just get really involved in it as it progresses. It becomes more and more frenetic, and you just you just get carried along with it. It's a really funky bass and drumming as well. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, really good. And Mike and Phil playing the top of the game there. Definitely, definitely. It's it's, it's it, 
one of my favourite tracks on this album. Mm, and rightly so, and rightly so, they performed it for a long time live. I mean, Phil was performing this well into the 80s really? as part of the In the Cage medley. Wow. They were performing parts of this. When we finally get round to talking about the live albums, the version of this on Seconds Out... You know, we've talked about them so much, I can barely almost yeah, wait to talk about them. But the version of this on Seconds Out has got Bill Bruford on drums. Oh, wow. Um, okay. It's the only track on that, that album which features him drumming. So to get somebody of that calibre to, to play drums with your band... Yeah, you know, yeah. You've got to do, be doing something interesting. Good session musician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But lyrically, this is great as well. I mean, I like all the stuff about Father Tiresias. Yes. Greek mythology was uh, could change between a man and a woman. Is this going back to Pete to Gabriel's dress again? Possibly. Yeah. I'm so starting to worry about Pete. Yeah. Now. I mean, and the second half of this, where, like we said, where it got really funky, that was that came from a guitar riff that Mike Rutherford came up with. Because mm. this this, this does kind of seem like two songs put together in, yes. in the fact that you've got this this slow introduction mm. and it builds up like a linking piece yeah. to this final big medley yeah I mean and there's no lyrics for the last half of the song no it's I mean, just it's frenetic all, music all it's the lyrics great. are front loaded yeah. and then there's nothing no. until it ends and then you but get you the next but you haven't got time for lyrics because you're no. so busy grooving along to the exactly. music a, a really great track and a, undoubtedly a classic yeah yeah I can't, can't argue with you there much as I'd like to because you know I love oh, arguing you do love arguing um, yeah but no can't on this one great track love it great so let's go down the Isle of Plenty and see if the beans are down there okay I'll take it down that's the next track yes I don't belong here said old Tess easy love there's the safe way home thankful for her fine fair discount Tess cooperates Still alone in our hello See the deadly nightshade You know, Genesis have got a hell of a lot better shopping list than we have. I know. I mean, they've, they've, they've got table jellies. They have got table jellies. Yeah. And they're getting meat cheap. Yeah. I can't get meat that cheap here. They're getting anchor butter for 11p for half 11p. a pound. 11p. Oh, I remember those days. <sighs> I think. Yeah, it's scrambled eggs. It's hard to tell what I remember these days. Anyway, yes, this track. Yeah. What a beautiful track. I mean, it doesn't go anywhere. No. It's a very short track, mm-hmm. one and a half minutes or so. Yeah, Dancing with the Moonlit Night Part 2. It is. But Peter Gabriel's opening lyrics in this. Mm. I mean, the, his, use, his voice and the subtle music in the background. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. If this had been a longer track, mm. I'd have loved this. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love it anyway. Yeah. But it just sounds... I don't know if it's because it's, it's 
musically referring to Dan's going to move. So it sounds like yeah. more of the same. Yeah. But it just feels like it should be a longer track. Mm. Because it's got this wonderful introduction. Yeah. And it seems kind of wasted on such a short <laughs> track. I know what you mean. This should be something grander. Yeah. It works fine as it is. Because mm-hmm. it's just the sort of tail out to the album. Yeah. But it should. I could listen to hours of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, his, his lyrics. His, his lyrics are incredibly funny yeah. and interesting. And. His, his use of voice, his voice yeah. on this track wonderful I mean more supermarket puns yeah. Safeway Flyfair yeah. Tesco yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I just really like that and I love the way it starts off so, like you say so beautiful the melody of his lyric of his voice so beautiful and then it, it starts builds up to a crescendo with him shouting out all the prices and it builds up and builds up and you think, oh, is it going to go somewhere? And then it just slowly creeps up and fades out. Yeah. I, I think this is a great end to the album. It is a great end to the album. Yeah. It's callbacks to previous tracks. Yeah. Um, it, it, as you say, it's a great end. Yeah. In many ways, it's the end of one era of Genesis. No, I will not argue. Yeah. For once. I mean, someone make a note of this. I'm not going to argue with you. It is the end of... of Hang on. Just making a note of that. Gary and did not argue. Jokingly, making it. Not supermarket. And, and that's that woman's shopping list, not ours. Give her, give her it back. Give her it back. Sorry, listeners. Anyway, yes, so this is definitely the end of what we would call phase one of Genesis. Yeah, I think so. Um, We're now about to branch out into something else, which we'll discuss mm-hmm. next time. But this is probably the end of this kind of Genesis. Yes, definitely. And what a great end. It is, it is a good end. I mean, so let's talk about the album as a whole before we head off to the checkout. Why not? I mean, it looks like there's a big queue anyway. There is. There always is on a Saturday. But like we said before, a good album, not my favourite album, but every track's great. <laughs> well, every track's good, at least. I would, I would, it's I'm, all strong tracks. It's, a, it's probably one of my favourite ever Genesis albums. It is definitely the most consistent album they've done. Of course it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because there's no low points. No, definitely not. There are higher points, there are but there are no points. low points. Yeah. And musically, they're playing brilliantly. They are absolutely gelled as a band. They're working well together. They're writing well together. And like you say, this this has come out from all the songs on this album have come from jamming together. Yeah, which is kind of ironic considering where the band go next. Mm. They're working really well together here. You have to ask what's gone wrong mm. because what we will come on to, yeah. it's starting to go horribly wrong. Yeah. But here, they're at their peak. Yeah. They're all performing brilliantly. They're all getting on. Yeah. Really well. There's no stress in the band to pull them apart and it really shows in the fact that they're producing their best work yeah and this is definitely the best album so far mm. I would say I know you wouldn't I, I would say Foxtrot but I think uh, Foxtrot's a lot more on time and I've got a lot of nostalgia around Foxtrot being my first album but I do like Simon let the past go Simon the past is in the past wow surprisingly so for me no, no, it's it's in the past, in that past aisle. We oh, past no. oh, I see. Oh, oh, okay, I'll wheel around, we'll go back and get the pasta. Yeah. We're not getting the, the, the shapes again, we're just getting pasta. I like the little wheels. You spell disgusting words. The, the, oh, we're not doing that again. You nearly got, really got thrown out of that restaurant when you spelt that word. Can we have the ribbons instead? We can have the ribbons. Right. Ha-ha-ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha-ha. Anyway, right, yeah. pasta. So, but yeah, so they're going to go on to this, the next stage of their career from now. Mm. Um, in many ways, you could argue this is the last true Peter Gabriel Genesis album. Yeah, especially considering, say, where they go next mm. and what 
is involved in making the next album mm. and the stresses and strains it puts on the band. This is, I'm sad to say, in a way, a farewell to Genesis. It is. Yeah, so I suppose it is in a, in a way. Despite what you may think of the next album, this is Bye Bye Genesis, as we've come to know them over yeah. these past five albums. Yeah. We've seen them grow. We have. Uh, from tremendously, from a, basically a boy band. Yeah, I mean, literally, they've grown. We, we know they were a boy band, because... Jonathan King was interested. Um, <laughs> and they were all boys. They were certainly all boys. And we've seen them grow and progress so well yeah. over these five albums. Mm. To from what was not simplistic because they were always good. Yeah. But we'll call it a simplistic beginning into yeah. this massively convoluted yeah. and brilliantly performing band. Yeah. With such you know convoluted and have I said convoluted twice there? Convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like convoluted. That's yeah. great. Anyway, we'll say that. They become this masterful orchestra, if yeah. you like, yes, because they're that's performing so well. That's right, yeah. And um, they're, they're all very gifted at this point, mm-hmm. and they're using their gifts brilliantly. Yes. Where does it all go wrong? We'll find that out. Next time. Next time, should anybody be listening to us? Yes. If you are listening, you can email us with your thoughts on the albums to come, with your thoughts on this podcast at revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tell us about uh, what you think of upcoming albums. Mm. If you've got any particular hatchets you want to bury um, regarding not us. Although if you want to say something about us, we won't take it to heart. But through the internet, we can find out where you live. Just just so you know. We're, We're clever. I know what we say here. Don't threaten the listeners. Please don't threaten the listeners. I'm not threatening them. It's not a threat. It is a threat. But we don't sound very clever, but we are. Not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we can find you. I can find you. That sounds creepy in Tesco's. It does, yeah. yeah. That, that security guy's looking at it's really funny. We should probably... Yeah. Time to check out. Yeah. If you want to listen to past episodes of this podcast, you can find them at the revelationstationpodcast.com. Wow. We've got www.revelationstationpodcast.com. You're up in the world. They'll you never go. take us off the air. <laughs> Even much as they might want to. Or, yes, anybody might want to. Yeah. Right. To the checkout. To the checkout. Why are you going left? It's right. I'm going, yeah, you're going with these to the checkout. I am going to the pub. What? Let me know when you fill the car. I'll be in the pub. That's so unfair. No, it isn't. May I please have your attention? The store will be closing in five minutes. Please bring your items to the checkout now. We thank you for shopping with us today. Sands of time, where we by the river of constant change. Gary's got the wallet. <laughs>